and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, I, I don't normally say this, but it is great to be in the house of the Lord. What a powerful time of worship. And uh, just thank you, praise team. That was very inspiring. And thank you, Lord, for meeting with us this morning. And I just ask that his spirit and his presence would continue to be here. So second week of Advent, this season that we've kind of set aside to celebrate and honor the birth of Jesus Christ. And this week is all about love. Can you say, ooh, Yes, okay, that wasn't very good, but ooh, that sounded more like ooh, right? But uh, no, we're going to talk about love, I, but in, in order to do that, I want to talk about vehicles. That makes sense, right? Love, vehicles, you know. Anyway, um, I, I, we have a, what we call a church van or a church bus. I don't know what you think of. Most, most church buses or church vans, they have how many seats? 15 or don't say 12 that ruins it okay ours is 12 but anyway we've got 12 seats we fill nine of those and probably the worst time in my parenthood is when it's time to go somewhere and time to leave because it's just so much finagling and car seats and if you're in that season of life it just really isn't fun to be honest and uh anyway um we've got a vehicle and and we've got another van so basically no exciting vehicles and my wife kind of has this theory if you can't pay for it you don't buy it okay so or we don't have car payments and we save up for the next car and she also tells me that if it's got a lot of gadgets they're more likely to break okay so our car's gadgetless which is so exciting right because I get into some of your cars and I'm like honey you will not believe what so-and-so's car can do right I rented a car once and it was like crazy I was starting to go in the left lane and it beeped because I often do this go in a lane when there's something there you know what I mean because I'm not looking talking at children and stuff like that but anyway like sometimes cars that you have even talk to you it's crazy okay but anyway ours doesn't talk it just drives okay and so we're thankful for that and it fills up a lot of people um, but we kind of have this theory in our house that um, we let it roll until it's on E. Now, I don't know why, but my wife says that's saving money. I don't know how. To me, that makes no sense. But she's like, if we fill it up every time at a quarter, then what about the money that, and I'm like, I don't understand it because no matter what, you're going to fill it up and go the same. But I think it's more just in her head. You know what I mean? Like just stretch it, push it, go. And I cannot tell you how many weeks I go to her and I say, my car's on E. I need the debit card. And, um, I don't have any credit cards, but I, I need the debit card because it's on E. And she said, when did it go on E? I'm like, sweetie, it's on E. That's all you should want to know. It's on E. I never know what a day is going to bring or what's going to happen. And so I, I feel like I probably need to fill up, right? And so she gives me the debit card and I fill up. But you, you know that feeling of like, you're not sure if you have enough time to get to the gas station. I don't know if you've been there. And it's like, it's on E and you can't think on your mind like where the next gas station is and you begin to what? You pray. Come on now, don't say freak out, say pray. Okay, that should be the answer in church, all right? You begin to pray. I'm always praying, God, if you'll just stretch it. Imagine when the camper's there, right? I'm just saying. And she says, let it go till E. I'm like, honey, we're in the middle of nowhere. We can't let, like if this all stalls out, there's no pushing it. Do you know what I mean? You can't, I can barely push our 9,000 pound van. But anyway, there's this feeling that comes over us when we get to the E. Especially when we're not sure where the next gas station is. And I'm pretty sure that each of us, sometime in our life, we've gotten to that place where we don't know where the next gas station is. We're looking on our phone. We don't see how many miles are left. And so we're just wondering, Lord, am I going to make it? Church, that is where the world was before Jesus came. 
Years and years of waiting. Years and years of darkness growing. Years and years of the enemy just having his way with his people. Imagine that many years in the darkness that it must have been like to live and exist in silence from God. And then all of a sudden, God decided to send love down. You say, well, no, he sent Jesus down. No, Jesus was the embodiment of love. For God so loved the world. Now, we like to be theological. We, we are in the Nazarene movement, right? The holiness movement. We like to, but I'm going to tell you today that today's a little bit fluffy. Today is about love. You know why? Because God established that he came because of love. And I believe that the world was stalling out. I believe that darkness was just taking over. I also believe, church, that darkness is growing. It's growing around you. It's growing in our society. Things are getting darker and darker. People are getting darker and darker. The world needs what you have. Love came down at Christmas, and love is what fills our tank. What happens when you put water in a gas tank? You've got a lot of problems. But anyway, you can work that out, right? Or Google it and figure out how you get through that. But you put the wrong thing in your tank, right? And it doesn't work. Church, oftentimes we put the wrong thing in our tank, hoping it will work. Churches over the years put the wrong thing as the mission and the purpose of the church. And we wonder why it doesn't work. Church, it's fueled by love. Our tank is full of his love which causes us to do what today's scripture is about. And that you're going to find in uh, 1 John chapter 4, if you would turn there with me. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And if you've got it on your phone or you don't have it, if you would please just stand for the reading of God's word this morning. Now, if you're reading out of a Bible or maybe on your phone, you're going to see that this section is titled, God is Love. God is Love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Church, I want to stop there and help you understand. And I've done this in every service, and I want you to get it, because the, the world, society, organizations... They are showing us and trying to teach us and trying to, to really reveal to us what it means to love. Church, you have, you have the origin, you have the gifting, you have the space, the capacity to love in the way that God loves. Because hopefully if you're here today, you've opened up that space for his love to come down in you so that you can then afford it to others. But there's no organization that can tell you what love is because love comes from God. And as the pastor of this church, love is what it is. Love is where it's at. For God so loved the world, we can't get away from that. We can fill theology, but we can't get away from the statement that is in Scripture that makes it clear. Church, we should know how to love. We should be the embodiment of love. Love has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. In this, love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world 
so that we might live through him in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the proportion for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought, hold on to this, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. God, today, God, I just pray in these next moments, Lord, that you would move, that your spirit would have reign in this place. God, shift our minds, shift our mindsets, challenge us, challenge us to understand that the gift that you've given us of love is to be gifted, not hoarded. And God, we've done a lot of hoarding over the years of your love. And today, let us, as we're going to be talking about in the months to come, let us be unleashed as people of God who have a desire to spread the love of God. God, we come against the enemy in this space. We pray that your wholeness, that your purity, that your goodness would be known here. And God, fill us up in this time and send us out ready. We love you, we praise you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the key is here, and this whole scripture, all that John is saying, and, and if you know well, John is a very wise gentleman taking very wise advice from the Lord himself. And here we see that if it's true, think about it, if it's true that Jesus came to bring love to us, then it's true that the church is God's means of expressing his love to the world. Church, do you hear that? If it's true that Jesus brought love down because God so loved you in the midst of whatever was happening, that he sent his son full of love to come and share that and then pass that calling on to us, then we become, we become God's expression of love to the world. Church, are we God's expression of love to the world? Think about this. The how we are to love is exposed in the first passage. I kind of call this kind of the gas here. And the gas is, is that love is from God. That, that is who he is. In fact, in your scripture, it says that God is love, but it's also translated as love is God. Meaning that's just, that's the fact. That's the fact of the matter. As Christians, as believers, we understand that not only is love God, but God is love. He's the originator. He's the creator. He shows us that so often in scripture, but so beautifully in the movement of Jesus. Church, if you're studying the life and ministry of Jesus, you can't help, you can't help but be changed by his words and his ways and his actions Church, I'm watching my kids read the words of Jesus and in fact, they act it out and stuff and it's crazy, like it's all about compassion and it's all about love and healing and transformation. What we have to understand here is if this is a truth, which I believe it is, then it's more than just an action that Jesus did. It was his character. His character is rooted and originated in love. Jesus was the first fruit of that. He was the gift. 
I, I don't know about you, but like sometimes when like someone says that they love you, it's, it's kind of warm, isn't it? Gosh, okay, so it's not warm. That means you ain't never been loved, but okay. Um, I, I don't know. Hopefully you've been loved enough. Like there's something like my wife and I, when, when we share like different thoughts and stuff, but when she like comes up to me and like takes a moment and stops and says, hey, I just love you, something happens. Something in my mind, in my body, there's something about that, that, that when she does it at the right moment, when she knows I really need to hear it, I, I'm just telling you that like a peace comes over me. I relax. I say, okay, she's with me. She's behind me. She's got me. Church, that's Christmas. God sent Jesus to come down and say, I've got you. This is who I am. This is what I bring to you. And the truth of the matter is, if we understand this scripture and all the scriptures in the New Testament that talk about love, love is his nature. It's not just something he does. It's not just something that he performs. Love is his nature. And so if love is God's nature and God is filling you, then what's your nature? Love. Your nature should be love. Ashley has this motto and in our family we have this motto and that is love first, ask questions later. Love first, ask questions later. And not just ask questions later, but we've expanded it. What we're saying to our kids, love first, journey with. Love first, journey with. See, the very essence of the being of God is love. In scripture here, it says, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And then that makes these three truths true. And if these three truths that I'm going to share with you aren't true for you, then I would ask you this. Is this statement true? Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. The first truth is providentially experience God's love. Meaning you have experienced God's mercy, God's grace, God's overwhelming forgiveness. You've been justified. You've been made right. You've been a recipient of God's love at some point. Church, at some point, if you live out this scripture, you have been a recipient of God's mercy, of his grace, of his love. He's embraced you. He's brought you to a new place. The second thing is, and these are just quick things that we're gonna get back. Spiritually, we've been awakened to God's love. Spiritually, we've been awakened to God's love. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, we understand the difference between darkness and the light. We understand what it means to be walking and living and moving in darkness. And then we understand what it means to all of a sudden be awakened by God and see the things of God and see the mysteries of God and, and see the plans of God. And church, I'm just telling you, like it's a popular word now in church, this idea of awakening when you look up like church names, the most popular one, we did this just a couple weeks ago, it's awakening. Why? Because the church needs to awaken. The church needs to rise up. The church needs to open its arms. The church has to become a people that understands that God's love was once afforded for us, so it should be afforded to others with no strings attached. And if, and if you keep in your mind 
where you were to where you are, you won't get prideful. And you'll recognize that the doors are open and that God came down. We celebrated at Christmas or whatever you believe. God came down as love, to be love, to pass love. So spiritually, we've been awakened. And then this little thing, uh, habitually, we are receiving his love. Well, what does that mean? Well, I want to share this with you because this scripture is so clear about it in verse 9. Now, habitually means what? It's like always happening, okay? So like receiving his love isn't like a one-time thing. Giving his love isn't a one-time thing. It's kind of this move that's constant. It's a constant move in our lives. It actually goes back to the word live here. And live is in the cognate of Zoe, Z-O-E, which I did a sermon on Zoe a couple years ago. But Zoe has to do with life and it has to do with like abundant life. And here it's saying that this isn't just living in the physical. This is actually a different kind of quality of life. When you think of quality control, what do you think of? All right, can I say something funny, right? I think McDonald's should do quality, should do Zoe. You know what I mean? There should be the line where you order. There should be the line where you get your order. Then there should be the line where you fix your order. I mean, come on now, y'all. Every time I go there, I'm trying my best to love on them, right? Because they're cheap. And we have a lot of kids and sometimes you just got to go through. But I promise you, there hadn't been a time, right? That I could, I don't get it, right? There like needs to be a, a quality control. And what the scripture is saying here is that there is something to quality. There is something to what God brings when we're living this out. It's beyond just living. Well, what do you mean? Well, God came down to give us love. Many of you are holding on to that. You got a big old bushel of it. Maybe you don't remember who you were without him before because it's been so long, but you're holding on to that bushel of love that he gifted you and that you've held on to. Well, the scripture says that's great, but then in verse 9 it says if you really want to live beyond the physical, if you really don't just want to make it into heaven and you want to have a quality of life, you'll begin to gift it. You'll begin to love first and ask questions later. You'll begin to love first and journey. You'll begin to love first and get rid of all the things that we think are important and recognize that what's most important is people receiving the love of Christ. And so how does that bring quality? Well, I don't know. It's kind of like you order, right? And you expect something and you usually get something different. And then you go back and you kind of fix it. Well, when you're journeying with someone in love, right? You, you begin to journey with them and help them understand what God's love looks like how it functions, how far it goes, the extent of it. And then you begin, to, you begin to increase your quality because all of a sudden, you're seeing someone else say yes. You're seeing someone else experience life transformation. You're seeing someone else go from here to here. You're seeing someone else give up addictions, give up strings, give up attachments, give up the enemy's tug and you're seeing them come over here and you know what? When you watch and experience that happen in the lives of people, it does something to you. It increases your quality of life because you can look around and say, oh my word, like God, it isn't a prideful thing and if it turns into that, it's not the right thing. But man, when you can start looking and seeing God's love and you can begin to see the change the quality of your life changes. John says here, inspired by God, 
If you'll not just receive love, but you'll give love, your quality of life will change. It's a beautiful promise. It's not just about the person that you're giving it to, but how you're receiving it. And church, there's a reason why the world isn't looking to us to understand love. Because we haven't done it well. And I'm not talking about AFC, just church in general. I read a report this week that this year will be the lowest attended Christmas Sundays in history. And last year was, and then the year before that, and the year before that, it just keeps. Because I don't know that people are seeing us take it from here and go to here. So, we must, we must be the people that faithfully express the love of Jesus to others. And we have to do it constant. We have to do it all the time. You know, what's interesting is we forget, like, I, God didn't look down after all those years and say, oh my goodness, they're being such good girls and boys. I'm going to come down and I'm going to rescue them. <sighs> That'd be nice if that were the case. You know, what's crazy is when you have children, I don't know if you expect this, but like they don't pop out loving you. They, they pop out expecting from you, okay? And they pop out needing from you and they pop out having no idea who you are except that you change and you feed. You know what I mean? Like that's your, for a couple of months, that's, that's who you are. And then they attach to that, right? And then all of a sudden, but, but let me tell you something about the other side. When I heard in my little Honda tiny car on Fort Hood about to go into PT and my wife called me and said, it's true, we are pregnant something came over me. Shock, obviously. It was only like a month and a half into our marriage, but shock first. And then, I don't know, something changed. Our whole lives changed. We began to think, okay, we got nine months to save money so you can stay home. Okay, we can. And we began to like, because all of a sudden there was a love I didn't know I had. And it just, it just happened. That kid didn't do anything for me. And then I began to like sense the baby in her stomach, and I can't explain it to you, and I don't know if this happened to you, but it was like I couldn't wait to get a hold of that child and begin to love it, not knowing I could even do that, not knowing I even really wanted that. So God, before you were worthy, said you're worthy of my love. And you say, well, that's a simple, simple concept. So then, do people have to be worthy of your love before you give your love? This is like the climax of all of God sent, sent out of love, his son. It's tangible. It's huge. It's just incredible. John mentions a couple of times, um, and I just want to, say this word, might live. Meaning church, you have a choice to like really live. You have a choice to like really embrace this, really hold on to it. If our younger people would really get into that and get into like the words that, that God is speaking to us today and begin now loving in the way that he calls us to love, we'll see revival, we'll see transformation, we'll see change. Really, all that God saw was his wrath. And he used Jesus to cover it because he loves us. 
His love is the fuel in our tank. So what now? Let's, let's talk about the what now. Because um, I think it's important. We have to recognize that you and I are the vehicles that hold the very presence of God's love in them. You're the vehicle that holds the presence of God's love. We hold it. We carry it. Let me ask you this. Where are you dispensing it? Where, where are you dispensing God's love? Church, you know what's getting in the way is pride. Is church should be. Church has always been. If they don't adhere to our ways, then they can remain outside of. Because we're, we're kind of like selective in our dispensing. And I don't know when we look at Jesus that he was selective in his dispensing. In fact, you know where he got most mad? In the church. Asking the questions, why? Why aren't you out with me? Why aren't you following me? Why aren't you in the streets? Why aren't you looking at what I'm doing and seeing the model for the future? With God's love for us in our tank, we should just be ready to. The church is the tangible place for God's love to be experienced, to be lived out, to be held onto, to be supported. See, when we're abiding in him, it makes it so much easier. Okay, let's go a little further in the now what. Um, and here's the problem, and I want you to kind of begin to journey with me in this, that oftentimes there's barriers in our ability to love. You know why? Because there's holes in our personal love. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's some, some of us, there's like little holes. Some of us, there's big holes. Some of us, like, hey, it was pretty good. Meaning what we were shown, how we were shown love has now kind of messed with our mind and so it becomes a barrier and really like grabbing it and giving it because we're not even sure what we're grabbing so we're not even sure what we're giving because we've had situations in our life where we thought, well, this person should have loved me but they didn't. This person should have really embraced me but they didn't. This person really didn't love me the way that I see scripture telling me I should have been loved. And so the barriers come and we have a hard time loving because we're hurt, we're scarred. We're not sure what it looks like. We're not sure how, how it should function. And so we just kind of avoid it and say, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna be a Christian. I'm gonna hold on to it and I'm gonna get to live. I'm not gonna live like a high quality of life and a high quality of spiritual experiences, but at least I'm gonna live. The Lord's saying to you today, talk about the holes. Talk about the barriers. Talk about the people that should have loved you better and they didn't. And I don't mean like gossip. I mean like get with somebody and say, I don't know how to get past this. But I think today, Jesus is saying it's time for us to get past it. Why? Because scripture tells us when we ask, he does what? He gives. If you'll begin to let him in on that journey, he's gonna begin to show you, change you, fill you, adjust your mind. 
begin to journey with you so that you have the capacity to express love. In fact, here it talks about perfected, and you know, we don't like to use that language, but perfected here means to be made whole. Lacking nothing. And see, when we're, when we're living out this kind of steadfast movement of God in our life, it's easy to remain whole. But maybe today, you don't feel loved, and so you don't know how to love. And I think that's a place that, that Jesus is like, I can step in there. That's not a problem for me. Church, if you look at the, the movement of Jesus, he stepped in everywhere, in every kind of place. And when he stepped out, if people wanted to, they were made whole. So maybe your issue today is you don't understand what a full tank of love looks like. And so you don't know how to gift it. And God says, if you'll ask, I will give it to you. Another thought. Maybe you've, you've worked on those barriers, those holes, those areas where love wasn't shown that should have been shown and you're working through that and you're embracing the presence of God in your life. Well, then the scripture moves down to this word ought. Can you all say ought? There you go, good. Okay, I wanted to make sure you're still with me. Ought, it says here um, at the end, ought here, which is ophelimon, which refers to a moral debt owed. Well, what does that mean? Because I think oftentimes we don't, we don't get what this scripture is saying. And so basically what it's saying is that you have received this horizontal love from God, right? And so because you've received it, because you know in your mind and you have knowledge of who you were and who you are, all based off of not you being a good person, not you living right, not God looking down and saying, oh, you know what, Joe's doing a great job, so I'm gonna start loving him. Knowing that he loved us before we ever deserved it, and so we receive this unmerited, horizontal love from God. The scripture says, then we ought, because we're morally, think about it. It's a moral thing. It should be a drive within us. The scripture is saying, if you're driven and filled with the love of God, then you ought, you ought to spread the love that you've received to others. But do you have a hard time? Do you have a hard time doing that? Do you have a hard time understanding the scripture calls us to do that? Church, I'm telling you, and I'll say it again, I've said it all morning. No one out there that's driven by, no one that's walked by, I've watched people walk by, I've watched people drive by, I'm pretty sure you're gonna go home and you're gonna be around neighbors and people. They aren't gonna know that you love them because you sat here today. They'll have no idea. In fact, most likely everyone that's passed by here that you'll pass by today, they probably don't even know that you came here today. So how would they know that you love them when God says you ought, you ought to love? How, how are they gonna know? The absence of love in a Christian reflects ignorance of God who is just love now I get it many of you are thinking in your minds like 
we're in a holiness church and you know once you accept Christ there's a movement and there's change and I get it boundaries and all that kind of stuff but you know what I'll never get is stopping (laughs) not listening to the spirit and not giving somebody a second chance now eventually in my life there's been people where you have to just until you're ready to make the change but interestingly enough this scripture isn't about the people closest to us Don't you wish it were? This scripture is actually about beyond your realm. Beyond your family, beyond your kids. John is saying, you ought to understand God's love so well for you that before you deserved it, he sent and saved and redeemed and renewed. And so you ought to be compelled that everywhere you go, every person you encounter, every you'll love first, ask and journey second. Church, we have to learn to do that because they're not going to drive by and learn that we've done it. Your family, your friends, the people you so want to see come to Jesus, they're not going to learn because you're here. They're only going to learn when you go from here to there, and you say here. Church, they're not going to learn any other way. And your pastors can do it, and a few people sprinkled in the church can do it, then I'm pretty sure you can expect the same, and you can expect it to get worse. Because evil, what does it do? It, it, just, it, it just has a nature, it just grows. Its nature is to grow and to destroy and to kill and to steal and to... And then God's nature, which hopefully prayerfully is your nature, is to just love and to love and to... I'm going to ask Pete, you could have come on. I meant to ask you a while back. So two things I want you to think about, a little different than the rest of the services, um, because I want you to respond to this. Maybe the reason you can't gift love is because you haven't been loved well. Church, you've got to learn (laughs) that God loves well and and that he can repair the threads. He can repair the the hurt. He can can repair all of that. He, He can repair those mindsets of, my dad, my mom, my aunt, my friend at church, my coworker, they should have loved me better and they didn't and it hurt. He, he can repair that. He can also help you get away from the strings attached kind of love. You ever been a love like, well, if you do this, then I'll do this. I deal with people and I, I know I've told you this before, it totally floors me. When young ladies say to me, well, you know, I, I mean, I'm doing this physical act because, I, you know, that's how he loved. He don't love you that way. That's not real love. That's a physical act. He's using you. That's not love. What happens in the church when we start rising people up that are young that say, you know what? Love is bigger than that. Love is bigger than strings attached. But church, we have to live it. I have to teach my girls that that's not That's not love. Strings attached isn't love. Jesus didn't come down with all kinds of strings attached and begin to... Now, 
Obedience in the journey is a different thing. You know why he requires obedience? Because he loves. And he knows some things we don't know. He knows some things about you and your family and your friends and your community that you don't know. And so when he speaks, he needs you to follow because he loves you. I've learned that there's a base to God that's love rooted. And so even in obedience, all, it's all out of the love that he has for us. And so if you can't gift love because you've lived in a situation with lots of barriers, maybe you've lived in a situation where like the only way you were loved is if you did something. I mean, come on now, parents. Some of us, we, we love our kids situationally based. If they're obedient, then we'll, if they're good, then we'll, aren't you glad God didn't look down and say, well, let me see if you're good little boys and girls and I'll come down. If that had been the case, we wouldn't be gathering today. We'd be broken. We'd be lost. We'd be living in darkness. And so maybe today there's stairs here. There's plenty of space. There's your chair. Maybe today you just need to come and just say, okay, my idea of love is messed up and God, I need you to come in and begin to journey with me and show me that it can be different because it can. And maybe today, maybe you're just a church person and that's okay, right? We love church people. But you've done church and you've held it right here. And the love is for you and if they wanna come in, they better adhere to how we do it. And maybe it's time for you to like, and then go back and then gift it. Because church, you're the avenue. You're the vessel. You're the people. You're the ones. You're the mouthpiece. God's given you Jesus so that you can be the hope. Maybe you just need the strength and you, you just need like when God's, I, I promise you, many of you in here, you've, you've been to Walmart, you've been to McDonald's, you've been somewhere and something came over you and it wasn't you. And the Lord was saying, I need you to. You know, it's crazy. There's a young lady that's sitting here that works at Montana Mike's. And I've actually encountered people in the community that have said, there's this lady that goes to your church that works at Montana Mike's that like lifted me up one day. I know who that is. But see, that's us saying, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be who I am, which is a Christ follower. How many stories are getting around town about the way that you have? And I'm not saying fill it in. I've learned that's not good. I'm saying, how many times have you like gifted love that was undeserved when Jesus has said, it's time for you to? The altars are open, bow your heads, close your eyes. Take just a moment, respond, reflect. Maybe reflect on those, those times where you weren't loved well and it's legitimate. And you need to say to Jesus at this Christmas season, Jesus, I need you to come in and begin to journey with me in a path of healing. Show me people that'll walk with me in this journey. 
Show me resources, show me ways. When the hurt settles back in, send your presence, ask. Ask every day, starting today. But I would say right now is a great day to start saying, Jesus, I I need you to come in and show me. Show me your love. Show me that this love wasn't what you guided. Show me that it's bigger and it's better and it's... Because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of journeys that need some repair. And then may, maybe we're just people that hold on. And we're just not sure enough to gift it away. And maybe today the scripture that says ought, we have a debt to others to show them what we've experienced. Maybe we need to pray for courage and bravery and strength. Maybe in those moments when we're called to open our arms to love someone, maybe we need you, Lord, to just say, all right, I got you. My spirit's gonna give you the words. My spirit's gonna give you the strength. My spirit's gonna give you the, the means. And imagine today if each of us left and said, okay, okay, I'm going to open up my arms to be the vessel, to bring the gas and maybe electric to the world. Jesus, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share the statement with you. God is just really kind of brought clarity to my mind about all of this. I want you to recognize something. Christmas, let's think about this for a second. Christmas is all about, and this is where I am, Christmas is all about the fact that God recognized that he could no longer love from a distance. God recognized that the time had come that he couldn't love from a distance He couldn't speak to one person and hope that everyone would. God recognized that he could no longer love from a distance, but rather had to love in proximity to his people. If you don't know, proximity means that like you're right there with them. God recognized that the world needed Jesus to be right there with them. He could no longer do it from a distance. He had to send Jesus, the church, can no longer love from a distance. Unless you've told someone, no one knows you're here. And no one's gonna seek you out and say, hey, what kind of love did you learn in the church today? I wanna know. It's not gonna happen. They only know. They only know you love them when there is proximity between you and them. Church, there has to be proximity. I make space in my schedule. I'll just be honest, I don't have time. But when someone says I'm hurting and I don't know who else to go to, I make time and I make space for us to be in proximity. Because you know what, church? Sometimes the only way to give love is to be right there in love. It can't be from a distance. 
Now, can I do that for everyone? No, but could you? Yeah. Those that need to understand the depths of God's love need you. They need you in proximity. Christmas is all about love coming down, encountering and getting in proximity with the people that God loved. And Jesus did just that and he, and he started. Think about it, he started in such crazy low ways. Shepherds and wise men from the distance years later and, and just good old people. You bring love this Christmas based on how close and how willing you are to be with people. Now it's easy with family, relatives, kids, close friends over the years. They, they hopefully know that you love them. They hopefully are, are just getting like lavished on because the, the spirit of God is just lavishing onto, I mean, church, we gotta go beyond that. We have to get in proximity and recognize that today, no one knows that you, unless you told them that you came here, they're not gonna come to you tomorrow and say, hey, what love do you have for me today from church yesterday? It's gonna take you. It's gonna take you. And if not you, who? If not you, who? Lord, we ask that you would bless each person here, God. Transform them, change them, be with them, Lord. And God, challenge us. This is the challenge. We have got to go out and show it. We can't expect the world to be changed if we just expect them to come here, adhere to our ways, and then hope they know we've got to get in proximity with the people you're calling us to share love to. So help us, challenge us, speak to us this week. Make this message come to life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to do one more thing. Are you okay just doing one more thing? So Penny, Penny, you want to come up here, sweetie? They've been so faithful. Can you help her get up here? These ladies come with tea from their home. And she loves this church. And she it's her birthday today. And she just wanted us to sing happy birthday. I don't know if you watch her, but she loves to worship. And I think it's important that we just celebrate you today and love on you today. And we're so thankful. for the cards you've given me, the coloring pages. They have been so sweet. So let's sing happy birthday. I don't, I'm not going to sing. You all sing. Happy birthday.